we won. It's the two words that every fan will say if their team wins. Uh, we have the big game coming up, Super Bowl is coming up. Um, I'm not sure who's in it. I just know it's not the Cowboys. Praise God. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. Uh, but but who, who, who is playing? Who's playing? Chiefs? Chiefs and? And Eagles. Okay. So who's, who's here for the Chiefs? Okay. All right. Eagles? Okay, yeah, well, that's sad. That's sad. Uh, but what will happen is on that day, there will be one team that wins. And you'll say, we won. And when people tell me that, uh, they say, we won. I'm like, we who? You didn't practice with them. You didn't throw the ball. You didn't make a tackle. You didn't intercept. You didn't block. You didn't receive any of the pain. All you're, all you're doing is talking about the benefits. We didn't do anything, but you identify with the team. You, you think you have their jersey. You get some say. You're like, we're going to tell the coach this year what needs to happen. You know, you have a say. You find your identity in that team. And when they do really well, you do really well. And when they do really bad, you say they lost. Right? right? But, but we need to find our identity as we're in this series of purpose, our identity is rooted in Christ. And the purpose flows out of that identity. This is what it's all about. In every scripture we've been looking at, uh, whether it was a, a prison epistle that Paul would write or some of the letters in the New Testament, we see Paul saying, there's one team. No more division, there's just one team. And if we had a jersey, you'd have Jesus on the helmet and you'd have Jesus on the back. That's it. A uh, very famous uh, Kansas City Chiefs coach uh, years and years ago, he said, to, for us to be successful as a team, every player on the team has to play for the name on the side of the helmet, not only the one on their back. So if we had a team, it'd say Jesus and Jesus. That's what our mission is. Our mission is to live out our God-given DNA. That's what it's all about. And on Vision Sunday, that's what we're talking about. How we live out our purpose together. In fact, we've been looking at our theme verse for this entire series, Ephesians 1.11. Uh, I hope you know it by now, but we're going to say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. It's in Christ we find out who we are and what we're living for. Ephesians 1.11. This, this has been our theme verse, and it's been powerful, but it's individual, like what I can figure it out, but there's secret sauce in this passage. The secret sauce is we find out who we are. And what we're living for, this is not just individually, this is collectively. All of us have a part in impacting the world around us. And there's exponential opportunity for changing the world around us, exponential impact when we're unified. In fact, we can change the world. In fact, that's our new break vision. And on Vision Sunday, it wouldn't be a Vision Sunday if we didn't share what God is doing in us and through us and talk about our vision here at New Break. It's developing Christ-centered leaders who change their world. Change the world? You may be thinking, that seems like a really big vision. I don't know if that can, that can happen. That seems too big. Let's get more realistic. Uh, could I say maybe the God that you're thinking of is too small if you think that he can't change the world? Because when I read the book of Acts, I read about 11 disciples after Judas, Judas went away. I read about 11 disciples who the Romans and other people in the area are complaining about because they have turned the world upside down. And the actual line is they, these men who have turned the world upside down have now come here to do it too. We can change the world. In fact, we're doing it. We're seeing it happen. When we're all united together, walking in all of our purposes in uni unity, we impact and change the world around us. Possibilities are endless. It's like what traveled uh, just, just under 3,000 miles to come here uh, today. It's, it's actually here today, and it's unreal. It's the world's largest um, Lego model. Yeah, it's, it's here. It's right here. It's not 
here at the campus. It's actually at Legoland right now. Uh, but it was, it was revealed in 2013 in New York City. People came out. People are shouting. You have the videos of people jumping up. Yeah, look at that. It's fascinating because it's this huge, giant Lego that weighs 45,000 pounds. It's five million bricks. In fact, this is a one-to-one one -one ratio, a replica of the X-Wing from Star Wars. Uh, the X-Wing doesn't exist, though. Like, it's, it's, fa it's fantasy, right? So I'm like, how is it a one-to-one? -one? I don't know. But that's what the article said. Uh, so one-to-one ratio. It's 11 foot tall. It's 43 feet long, a 44-foot wingspan, and it took 17,000 hours to build. Whew. But here's the secret sauce. It was 32 master builders, people who studied building Legos. Can you imagine that telling to your in-laws? What do you do for a living? Well, <laughs> I'm actually a professional Lego builder. <laughs> when I was 12, it's what I wanted to be, and I am one today. You know, I don't know what it is. Uh, but these 32 master builders met together with numerous structural engineers. Yes, Lego has structural engineers. Can you imagine going to engineering school and putting your application in for all these different firms? You get a call. Hey, it's Lego. Uh, so we need some help. Okay, all these people go together, 17,000 hours of work, and this is the product. And people from all over the world are coming to Legoland right now to see this. And I think, I think what, we're, what we're seeing is people wanting to see what happens in the productivity of unity. People are desiring to see the presence of unity because as we read the scripture, it's actually a revelation of the heavenlies. And we live in a world where people are desiring to experience heaven. Because an experience with the heavenlies has eternal implica implications. So people are saying, we just want to see something where people unified together because we live in a world where we're seeing so much division. So people are flying all over the world to look at an X-wing. Imagine if as a church, we work together and people would come and say, hey, you guys are living in your purpose. Something is changing around all of us. What if we viewed the church not just as a place to attend, but a community to belong to, a body to be a part of? What if we stopped just being spectators, we started being participators? What if we viewed this room today, every Sunday, as the fellowship of the flawed, leading the world to a flawless creator? What if that was our goal? It was not just about gathering together. It was about changing the world around us. Uh, last week, I went axe throwing, uh, which is fascinating. It's my first time doing it. Never been axe throwing. I went axe throwing, and I was with a guy named Jay, who goes here, and, and Nate, and they were talking, and we started talking about Umbaku and T'Challa. Uh, if you don't know who that is, open your Bibles. No, I'm just kidding. It's not in the Bible. Uh, they're Marvel characters from uh, the Black Panther, and so uh, you, you throw it like this, or just one hand, and, and Jay throws it, and he goes, this reminds me. He's like, it's like Umbaku and T'Challa, and when they're in the, in the fight, and someone shouts out, show him who you are, and I was like, yeah, that's what it is. So he's like, Rafa, and we're saying these words. I have no clue what they mean. It's a made-up language. I'm like, sure, let's just have some fun, and we're throwing the axe. We're having fun, and, but I'm reminded. I feel like God is shouting to us, show the world who I am. Show the world who you are, but you think, how can I change the world? I'm not much. That's not what the book of Ephesians says. Ephesians in 2.10 would actually say that you're God's masterpiece. If you hear nothing else today, we're going to celebrate in just a moment, but if you hear nothing else today, no matter what you have gone through or going through or will go through, the shame that you may carry, the pain that you may be experiencing, God looks at you and says, you are my masterpiece. 
your masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the great things and the good things God has planned for us long ago. You and I are a masterpiece in the process of accomplishing the good things and the God things that God planned for us, no matter what we go through. But I've been saying it since the beginning of the message. There's secret sauce in this verse. We are God's masterpiece, created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God wants all of us to work together. And we have, and we will continue to, and we'll continue to change the world around us. We don't only just change the world, we're seeing lives that are being changed. When we grow in our purpose together, we see the world around us completely changed. Lives being changed, it's transformational, it's visible, it's powerful. There's things that are happening in the environments that we have been blessed to be a part of. The environments are changing lives of people. Families are being restored. Uh, marriages are coming back together. Those who are lost are being found. Those who feel unwanted are finally experiencing the love of Jesus. But for many of us, we have the option, do I want to go alone or do I want to go with God? When I was church planting in Madeira, uh, it was predominantly Spanish community, uh, Spanish-speaking community, and they would often say, vaya con Dios. And, and once I learned what that meant, it took a while, I just started saying it. I was like, don't know what I'm saying, vaya con Dios, though. Bye, you know. Uh, it means go with God. And they would tell me that, and once I fully understood the meaning of it, I started saying, and I pray I will, and I pray I will, and we will. And my prayer for all of us in 2023 is vaya con Dios, that we would go with God wherever we go, and we would change the world around us. But many of us like to try it our own way, and we have. Now, one of my favorite verses when it comes to trying things your own way is Proverbs chapter 12, verse 3. It says, you can't find a firm footing in a swamp, and I've tried I've tried, I've tried grasping for anything other than God that would hopefully give me some type of firm ground. But the proverb goes on, but a life rooted in God stands firm. My prayer is that you and I would live in God's design and stay rooted in him in 2023 and change the world around us. And we can. And how? Well, it starts with the words within the walls of God's church here at Newbreak. In fact, the words on the walls here at our campus at uh, Santa, you'll walk down towards the nursery, you'll see begin, belong, be. And it's actually, it's actually the way that we live out our purpose here at the church. We begin the week in worship. This is where we start. When it comes to worship, worship is the act and the posture of a heart that says, God, you are infinitely valuable. And my week changes when I start with Sunday. If Sunday is the start of my week and I'm in God's house, I start to experience things differently. My week looks different. I've said it before. I can't face Monday without Sunday. You can ask my wife. She knows. Imagine going to that next meeting, that difficult meeting you have, and you didn't have Sunday. To just be like, God, I need you today because this week is going to be wild. I was in the church on Sunday and I worshiped and we talked about how faithful you are. So, Lord, I need you to be faithful in this next meeting. Because you walk into that meeting without God, you just bring yourself into there. I don't know about you, it hasn't worked well for me when I've tried that. So we begin our week in worship, and then we belong in life groups. Begin, belong in life groups. Since the beginning of time, this is what it's been all about, belonging together. In fact, God himself lives in community, in relationship with himself. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They create Adam, and then God creates Eve, who live in community. They mess some things up along the way, but you know, we all do. Then Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the story goes on and on, and in the, even in the first century church, they lived together, their lives were together. The church was just not a building to go to, it was a family to belong with. 
They cared for each other. They shared their food. They faced the daily struggles of lives. They complained with each other. They celebrated with each other. They encouraged one another. And science has caught up with this, and they've seen the mental health and the spiritual, spiritual health, the emotional health benefits that come from being in community. If you want to be like Jesus, which I pray you do, belong with God's people. In fact, the last verse, the last sentence, the last book of the Bible says Christ will be with his people. You want to be like Jesus? Be with his people. And lastly, be the church by serving. Begin, belong, and be. Impact the world around us. Essentially, it's saying make the love of Christ visible. And we've seen it happen. In fact, just this last year in 2022, one of our couples groups, um, Steve Bates, uh, they actually wrote 180 Valentine's Day cards to kids in Brazil to show the love of Jesus to these kids who were rescued from drug abuse, uh, physical abuse, or trafficking. They wrote 180 Valentine's Day cards. That's showing the love of Jesus. Right? Or, or the Wowers group who partnered with an organization right here in San Diego and was feeding those who were in need, giving clothing to families in need, and creating crafts with kids who have never been able to have that opportunity. And the list goes on and on. I have so many stories I'll be sharing throughout this message, but God has been impacting the world through you and me in 2022. And I can't, I can't wait to see what 2023 looks like, but I think it's time to celebrate first. Now, in 2022, we saw over 1,000 people was the average weekend attendance at the church. Over 1,000 people. You need to give God a hand. That's amazing. That's unreal. Uh, you're thinking, why, why, why does this matter? Well, first off, think about the difficulty of coming to church on a Sunday. You got to wake up, get the kids up, takes longer than it ever should, always. Hopefully brushing your teeth, brushing your hair, coming into the church, and you're like, where do I go? Dropping the people off, figuring everything out. Over a thousand of us have said, we want to begin the week in worship. In 2022, in a season of still dealing with some of the implications of, of COVID and different life and remote work and just, God, what are we supposed to do? You made this a part of your rhythm every week. And the most fascinating number I'll share with you today is this next number. 476 people gave their lives to Christ in 2022. Give God a hand. That is powerful. 476 lives transformed. 476 families. You want to see the world look different? You want to see the nation look different? You want to see California look different? You want to see Tierra Santa look different? Tell people about Jesus. That's the answer. If, if you can't stand what you see on the news or read in the newspaper or hear on social media, tell people about Jesus. He's the only one who will change it. He's the only one who has the authority to bring life into death, that's coming, living in a place of death. He said, life is going to come from this. Only Jesus can. And over 400 people said yes to Jesus. That is powerful. And that's because of every single one of you. And 90 people took a bath on the stage for baptisms. Come on. That's powerful. A baptism, that's, that's the time we, we model our lives just like as, as Jesus did. Getting baptized, the old is gone and the new has come. It's a powerful thing. That's just beginning the week in worship. Uh, if you don't know, we're, we're one campus, uh, we're one church with many campuses. Uh, we have our campus here in Tierra Santa. We have an Ocean Beach campus, a Scripps Ranch campus, our online community. Um, God is doing amazing things and we're seeing people get baptized and giving their lives to Jesus. 
and then their belonging in life groups. We have 681 people and groups. And this number, we're, we're only in the beginning of parts of February. This number is already so much greater than that. 69 groups last year, 1,200 hours of community service serving our community. That, and then you add the other 850 hours that you as a campus put into that. That's over 2,000 hours of making the love of Jesus visible to people. That's 11.8 weeks of 24 hours a day, you showing the love of Christ to people. That will change the world every time. That's powerful. God is doing something as we begin the week in worship and belong together in groups. One of our values here at Newbreak is give it away. And that's just how we practice generosity here. And as a church last year, I want to share what we gave away. And this, this number is insane. 1,000 people average in weekly attendance. Last year as a church, we gave away, drum roll please, 1,035,289 dollars. Give God a hand. What? Are you kidding me? Now, a church of a thousand people giving over a million dollars away, that doesn't make sense. But that's the kingdom of God. I don't know what your bank account looks like, but that's a big number for me. But I know what I get to do is be a part of that and give what I can and what God is leading me to give. So when I see a number like that, I get to say, yeah, I was a part of that. 53 people average with all of the campuses serving at each service. Just our campus alone, we have 90 people serving right now. Give all of them a hand and cheer for them. I hope they hear us. Yeah, yeah. And that's just on a Sunday. 90 people serving right now. Throughout the week, we have over 100 people that serve. We have people at the highest level uh, within our organization serving on, on our board, serving in different areas as elders that are, do everything they do as a volunteer. It's powerful for all of this to happen. We have over 100 people volunteering every single week. That's being the church by serving. We had 328 people who began their generosity journey for the first time. They said, hey God, you own it all, so I'm just gonna partner with you. Let's change the world together. I think of the 80 families that were given backpacks because of you at the Tierra Santa campus. 80 families that were given backpacks where they weren't able to have backpacks, so as their kids would walk onto the school campus at the beginning of the year, they were met with shame because they were one of the few who didn't have a backpack. But we provided backpacks, filled them with a bunch of goodies. We all packed them together. 80 backpacks for 80 families and their lives were changed because of it. That's, that's just backpacks. The list goes on. 219 lives were saved because of the blood donations coming out of this campus. 219 lives. People that would not be breathing today if it weren't for you. 219 lives saved through our blood drives being in the church through serving. The 200 Operation Christmas Child gifts that were given last year in 2022 for kids all over the world that during the Christmas season when they would not get any type of gift, many of them experiencing heavy oppression and heavy poverty, would receive a box from a little church in San Diego that said, we see you and we love you and so does Jesus. For the 1,100 families that showed up at the movie nights that we've put on in our community. 1,100 families. I read one of our stories that that came back after a movie night, there was kids who drew a sign that said, uh, thank you, New Break Church. And you're thinking, well, that's just about the church. No, it's not about New Break. What it's about is there were kids who wrote a sign, thank you, New Breaks. Words were all backwards and stuff. You know how it goes. Uh, thank you, New Break. And what they're essentially saying is, thank you for showing us the love of Jesus. If that God exists, I want to know more about him. And those families do. They walk up and ask questions. 
1,100 families just in 2022 that were impacted because of the love of Jesus being visible. I think about the 6,000 pounds of food that we sorted uh, together as a community, 6,000 pounds of food that was given to people right here in San Diego that were in desperate need. I remember sorting through some of the food, the tomatoes and the oranges and uh, the fruit and the other different food packages, and it was a lot of work, but I think about the families that have no other option. They're not sure what they're going to eat. They're not sure what food is going to be on the table, but you provided 6,000 pounds of food in one year. Looking at all these numbers, I, I want to see next year be even greater, 2023 be even greater. We look back. While we're in 2024, we look at 2023 and say, man, we were all part of that and we changed the world. The 240 military families that walk through our campus as we partner with USO and receive food and resources because there's no other way. You're changing the world. We're seeing it. That makes the love of Christ visible. That's 2022 though and we celebrated so many amazing things but what about 2023? What can 2023 look like if we work together to build God's kingdom? This is, this is our DNA. This is what we're all about, is, is changing the world around us. On your way out, you'll get this booklet, uh, 23NB, and it's our, it's our vision booklet, all about what we feel God is leading us to do in 2023 and what he has done in 2022. Uh, some of those images and other things I'll be sharing will be all in this book as well, so look through it. When people ask you, what is your church like? This. It's a church about community and generosity and changing the world. And I hope you're a part of it because I want to be a part of it. I want to change the world. And here's how God is doing it. God is in the business of blessing people. But you know how he does it? Here's the secret. Okay, don't tell anyone though. He blesses people through people. He's looking for blessers. God, just, God is just waiting. He's like, oh, <laughs> who's going to be a blesser today? He's waiting. And my prayer is we would all say, I'm, I'm in. God loves to bless people through people. If you're looking for an idea for 2023, what your word of the year, what your, what your code is, whatever it may be, what's your value of 2023, my prayer is that you would want to be a blesser. I would set my eyes on Christ and unify with him to be a blesser and change the world around us. And you think, well, you're just talking about all this stuff. Like, why do we have to do this? Why do we do this? Well, we're going to look at God's word, Isaiah chapter 58. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me? Isaiah 58. Uh, Isaiah is a prophet, and he's, he's hearing words from God, and he's speaking, and he's sharing with people. These uh, people that are hearing this at this moment are in exile, and there's complaints, and there's good things, and there's difficult things, and what they say is, okay, let's just worship God. However, their worship was not about God. The worship was about themselves, and they said, we want to make our name great, and God said, oh, okay, well, I want to share some things with you. If you want to make my name great, you want to see what real worship looks like, you want to see what it looks like when we partner with God, here's what God gives us. It's not an option, it's a responsibility. Starting in verse six, he says, this is the kind of fasting that I want, the kind of focus, the kind of worship that I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned, lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free, that word oppressed in, in, in Hebrew, actually means crushed. Let those who are crushed, do you know your neighbor, your family member, or you who feel crushed right now? I know too many. And our, and our role is to help them. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. 
Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from your relatives who need your help. I know you've done it. I know you've done it. You see that call coming through? You're like, oh, Aunt Nancy, maybe next time, you know? Verse 8, then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward. How many of us want to go forward in 2023? If you want to take a step back, okay, I'm sorry, I don't want to. I want to keep moving. Your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then watch what happens. As you bless people, watch what happens. He says, then when you call the Lord, we'll answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. If you've been calling out to God and and hoping that he is answering you, please keep calling out because our God is eager to say, I'm here. I'm here. Quickly, he will reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry. Help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be a well-watered garden like an ever-flowing spring. How many of us want to be a well-watered garden? A few, a few of us, not all of us, okay. Some of you prefer the desert, okay, well. Verse 12, some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities, and this is what you will be called. I, I can't wait for, for God to speak this over every single one of us today. Please hear Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as rebuilders of walls and restorers of homes. That's my prayer for 2023, that we would be known as a church that rebuilds walls and restores homes. When families are hurting and families are broken, they would know that there is a place that is safe, that is so focused on Christ, that that's all that matters. If you're wondering what our church is about, you know what we're about? Jesus. Well, what do you guys really stand for? Jesus. What do you guys preach on Sundays? Jesus. What do you guys use to preach out of? Oh, the Bible. Oh, the Bible, that's interesting. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we're about. It will never change. God is looking for kingdom-minded people who impact the world around us. And as we just read in Isaiah, it's essentially saying, are you gonna bring health and give hope and end human suffering? My prayer is you would join us as we do that to build God's kingdom. And this booklet, we'll talk more about it, but it's this idea of bringing health, giving hope, and ending human suffering. Jesus, when, when he was teaching the Sermon on the Mount, and he, they'd be asked, you know, well, what does this look like? How, how do we pray? He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because the earth does not look like heaven yet. So we keep praying, God, your kingdom come and your will be done. Not mine, his. God, your kingdom come and your will be done. Well, I just don't like what the city is doing. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Well, did you hear about the schools? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Well, this neighborhood is just your kingdom come, your will be done. But he needs you and me. This is how we pray. In fact, ancient Jewish thought believed that if you didn't pray about the kingdom of God coming to earth, then you weren't even praying at all. Let us be people who pray, God, your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Imagine if Tirasana, holy ground, looked like heaven. Imagine if Scripps Ranch, Ocean Beach, where you're at watching online, looked like heaven. Imagine if San Diego, California, the United States, the entire world looked like heaven. He needs blessers. And that's you and me. We're all part of it. So we bring health, give hope, and end human suffering. Bringing health, we read it already in Isaiah, Isaiah 58, feed the hungry. We can bring health. People that are hurting, 
people that are in desperate need, but it takes all of us. I want us to be able to shout, we won in 2023. Because if you don't know, if you read the full book, we win. But we have to partner with him. We don't win alone. We work together as a team and we see what God does in us and through us. I've heard it said that teamwork is the long word for success. We need to work together to help those who are in desperate need, to help the hurting. In fact, verse seven, which we already read in Isaiah, says to give shelter to those who need homes. When you came in, you saw outside our Memorial Day house build setup. This is what it looks like when we build homes. And then we, you know, we put roofs on them and walls and windows. And I mean, it's this beautiful, safe space for them. And handing them the keys is so powerful. And I want you to go on this trip. But I wanted to invite Kelly and Van to join us. Uh, they serve on our missions team. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Uh, Kelly and Van have have helped us work with Amore and impact the world around us in so many various ways. They've been with uh, working with Amore and doing these trips for 11 years, I believe. Why don't you tell us what is so impactful and powerful about a trip like this? So I did my first house build in 2012 for Memorial Day. And, you know, we all have stresses and struggles in our own lives. And I just remember, I'm going to give up my Memorial Day weekend when I really need to relax and take time to myself. And, and I was really felt impressed to go. And I went down and, you know, didn't know anybody for one thing that I was going on the trip with. And, and then we started building and we worked together as a team and, and we met families. And then I, I just so vivid for me that this family, we were building these walls in ashes and their house had burnt down two weeks before. And within that two weeks, Amor was able to mobilize his team and we were going and they put a give them a home again. And it was a family of five. And at the end of the, the weekend, we dedicate the house and we give, hand him the, the father the keys to the home. And there wasn't a dry in that house as we gave that to him. And all of a sudden it became clear that I became so invigorated from that weekend and as my stuff all went aside, as I reached out to others and helped others and God blessed me, and blessed others through everybody that was there that weekend. And it was just huge, and I, I haven't missed one since that we've gone on over Memorial Day, because it has that much meaning to me, and you just see how you're changing those lives. Now that gentleman probably won't ever remember me, but I guarantee you he remembers Newbreak and the love of God that they felt and from what we gave Amen. in that home. So. Amen. 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 Come over this way. Yeah. And Kelly? All right, so I want to see where are all my comfort zone people. You like to stay in your comfort zone. You Be feel real. good in your comfort zone. Be real. I'm, I'm there, yeah. So here's what I'll tell you. Here's what I know. Here's what I've experienced. When I step out of my comfort zone, that's when my faith grows. That's when my trust in God goes deeper. That's when I become more aware of God's presence in my life. I'm more ready to listen to him. So when I go on a trip, and I've been several times, I'm still out of my comfort zone. But I go, you know, to give of my time and to bless this family, and yet I get just as much blessing back from God. And, you know, it's, it's, we always, we hear to say, you know, you can't outgive God. It's not just money. Yeah. You can't out-bless God. You're going you're gonna to receive blessing back. And that's not why I go, but it, it, I always receive a huge blessing by going. So, and one other thing I just want to add. Um, so the number one reason people tell me why they're not going to go on a trip is because of finances. 
Well, I have really great news for you. God has all the finances you need to go on a trip. Come on. So you take that step of faith. You register for a trip. I'll help you raise funds. I'll give you the keys to be able to raise funds. And I guarantee you, you have neighbors and coworkers. They may not be Christ followers, but they want to be part of something bigger. They want to help families, and they will donate. And I could give you story after story of people that have raised thousands of dollars to go on trips. And that's a faith growth right there. That right. You, you won't believe, it does a lot for my faith even when I'm not the one raising the money. Right. So you can come talk to us out there about the trip. We'd be happy to answer all your questions. Yes, I want to see you on that trip, Memorial Day, uh, happening in May. Yep. Find out more from them. Give them a hand. <laughs> that's, that's just one of the ways that we get to do it. We also partner with Feeding San Diego, as I said before, Teen Challenge, who, helping, helping kids and teens who are getting out of lifestyles that they no longer wanted to be in and helping them and resourcing them, working with medical missionaries all over the world. We bring health and we also give hope. This is that next piece. Think of, think of the person that feels hopeless right now. Maybe you've felt that before. We get to give hope to people. This is Jesus sending out the 72 in, in Luke chapter 10. And he would say, the harvest is great. But pray to the Lord of the harvest, because we need workers to go out into the field. And can I tell you, uh, living in a community when I was in uh, Madera in the Central Valley, it is a harvest and a hardworking community. Harvest is not easy, but the reward is amazing. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would do something within our hearts and within our lives so we could see the great harvest as we continually give people hope. Because people are ready to experience the kingdom of God. They're, they're searching for it and hoping for it. And they've tried every other thing like you and I have tried. And then once they get God, they go, oh, this is what I've been missing. But how will we do it? How will we get there? As we read in Isaiah 58, it's, it's not an option. It's our responsibility. We bring health, we give hope, and we end human suffering. Uh, giving hope, one of them is through our camps. We, we do camps and we provide scholarships to people that can go to camps uh, all, over, all over the world, whether kids camps and student camps, adult camps, family camps, whatever it may be. Uh, we partner with church plants, uh, planting churches all over the world. Hundreds and hundreds of churches every single year because of you are being planted all over the world. And their name isn't Newbreak, their name is a church for Jesus. Whatever it may be, all they care about is loving their community. We for Bible translations and for people that have never heard of the love of Jesus. We have Bible translators that are working right now to create Bible translations and languages and for community groups that you've never even heard of. That in fact, even, even the government doesn't even know they exist. But we have missionaries that are boots on the ground that are saying, there's these people who have never heard of Jesus. They speak their own language. Can we get a Bible? We have, they have this happening right now. Missionaries all over the world planting secret churches that we can't even talk about in places that you would not even believe and it's because of you, you bringing hope to people. We bring health, we give hope, and we end human suffering. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. This is, again, still, Psalms speaks exactly like Isaiah was speaking. We need to help the hurting. Those who feel crushed, marginalized, forgotten. Those who feel unwanted. We partner with organizations like Global Family who works with different families in different areas of the world to protect them, to resource them, to feed them, to house them, to restore them. We get to be a part of that. There's families all over the world that you will never meet in your life that would not be the family they are today if it weren't for you. We get to end human suffering. We get to work with grace Right here in San Diego, a girls rising above child exploitation, working with at-risk youth or youth who have, who, are, who have gotten out of trafficking. 
We get to partner with them. And, and it's happening right now. We're, we're seeing it live. San Diego is one of the most uh, largest spots of human trafficking in the entire world. And we get to end it. That seems like a really big goal. We serve a really big God. We can do it. Work with bridge builders that works with refugees who are coming from Afghanistan, providing meals for them, giving them resources that they need, allowing them a place to call home, a place that is safe for them. We get to do all of this together. Again, it's not an option. It's our responsibility and an opportunity. But where do I start? Every time, the answer is prayer. We start with prayer. God, God teach my actions to be in line with the love that you would have for me and for others. Start with prayer. Maybe it's joining us on Sunday mornings. We have a prayer team that meets and prays for you and our community and the world at 7 a.m. Or during the week, we have a prayer team that meets right here in this room at 12 noon and they pray for you and our community and everywhere around the world. Start there. and Say, God, let, let my truth be shown by my actions, my love, by my sacrifice, and my faith, by your faithfulness. As you're praying, begin to ask God, what are you asking of me? What's my part in this? And you may be thinking, well, here we go. It's just talking about money. No, we're not talking about money. We're talking about generosity. That's your time, as Kelly and Van said, your talents. What are you really good at? I just talked to someone who said, I did construction for most of my life. I could totally do one of those house builds. Use your talents, please. Your testimony. Have you gone through something that other people are hoping they could get some hope from? Share that. And then, yes, your treasures and finances. Watch what can happen. So we pray and we go, let's go on a mission trip. But you have to renew your passport. I hear people all the time, I can't go because my passport's not renewed. Well, we're not moving the dates, so move your tush and go get a passport. Join us. We're, we're going to Mexico and Fiji, Bolivia and Tanzania. It's going to be fascinating. I want to see you on those trips. And, and I, I'm going and I want to go with you. But you need a passport, so we got to get there. So we pray, we go. Now what? We give. It's this idea of generosity. We've, we've seen it happen all over the place. In fact, our students modeled this amazingly. Uh, this past year in 2022, they put together blessing bags. Um, it's like 50 students getting together and creating blessing bags for those in need. And they went out into the community and just blessed the unhoused community, our students. We're all on this road to generosity, and it may look different, but let's start. I've heard it said that generosity is a gateway of intimacy with Christ. Because you are never more like Jesus than when you're generous. We want to be like him. We're just a funnel of blessings for other people. That's it. I remember planting in, church planting in San Bernardino. And as a church plant, we didn't have a lot of finances. Um, no one on the staff was getting paid. Uh, but we just felt like it was a place that really needed hope. So we felt in prayer one day that God was telling us to buy a certain building that was across from um, the downtown San Bernardino. Um, down the government facilities right across the street and it looked right at the government facility and we felt like God was saying buy it and we're like hey God <laughs> don't know if you know how money works but we don't have the money to buy a building and he said you need to buy it and I know it sounds insane but as a church plant we said okay we're, we're going to try to figure this out 
So we talked with other people and, and talked with government officials. And they said, why would you buy that building and put a church there? We're like, we're not sure what's supposed to go there. We don't think it's a church. We're really not sure. Like, you're never going to buy that building. Well, we raised the funds. We bought that building. And it's still standing today called the center. It's a place where people can come. Those who are looking for food. Those who are looking for housing. Those who are looking for job opportunities. There's a youth center inside of there. There's a place where people can work on making music. Job opportunities. It is fascinating. This place called the center that still exists across the street from the Capitol building in downtown San Bernardino and it's looking right at it and I can imagine the officials that are looking out and saying I thought they were never going to be able to buy that and it's still standing today giving hope to people God is good but we have to be willing to just listen and say what do you want us to do and you're thinking well you know when it comes to my money like I don't have it's really tough for me to give away my money I have good news it's not your money Psalm 24 1 the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. It's his anyways. So you, you're, just be a steward of it. And all throughout scripture, there's an option when it comes to being a steward. You don't get to choose, if you are a steward, you get to choose what kind of steward you are. Good one or bad one. God, if it's already yours, okay. That means if everything belongs to him, when I give to God, I lose nothing and I gain everything. Because it's not mine in the first place. So God, I just give it to you, whatever you need. So join us on this generosity journey for 2023. What's that look like? Maybe it's joining the over 300 people that began their first time giving, becoming first time givers. Say, God, it all belongs to you. Okay, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you with my finances. Those who are occasional givers saw the opportunities and just said, God, I just, I see an opportunity. I see a need. You said to help the hurting. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna do it. A consistent giver. You just are someone who is looking for an opportunity to bless people. And I'm looking at a few of you right now because I've seen it. Tithing, tithing is giving 10% of your income. This opportunity to, to simply say, God, everything that you have blessed me to accumulate, I wanna give 10% back to you because it's already yours. And I've seen it in my own life. God can make 90% last a whole lot longer blessed than, than 100% unblessed. Watch what he does in your life. And then being a kingdom builder, God, I just want to care about what you care about and bless the people around us. It should be in my DNA. I want to change the world. That's all I care about. And I've seen it that the most generous people are often the most joyous people. The most grumpy people are often the most greedy people. I've been both. That's why I can say it, okay? You want to experience some joy? Partner with God. When you see the keys being handed to a family in Mexico who lost their home, as Van was sharing. <sighs> Your life has changed. When you see the people in Fiji who have not had clean water and their kids are dying at rapid rates, when you put a filter in their home and they know that they're not gonna have to bury their own kids, your life has changed when you see the joy on their face. When you go to Bolivia and work with the kids that are over there that are experiencing so much heavy oppression and neglect and you get to see the joy on their face when you simply give them your time. It'll never be the same. So let's grow together in this. Let's grow in our generosity. And if you need help, we have so many resources. It's joining a financial peace university that we can figure out how to budget and to balance your finances, uh, creating a budget in your family. If you're married, there's two types of people, a spender and a saver. You know who you are. You know who you are. You need to have a meeting. Let's talk. What should we save? What should we spend? What should we give away? And watch what God does in that as he continues to bless it. Give for the first time. Set up a giving account, newbreak.church slash give, whatever it needs. If you need more resources, we want to help you. 
We never want you to give in a way that's like, oh, let me just give, I guess. I want it to be an exciting opportunity when we give and just continue our worship. God, it already belongs to you, so we're just going to give. The world will tell you that you'll be happier if you have more. You deserve more, so you should get more. Your life will be incomplete unless you accumulate more. But the truth is, when we give to God, he says, watch what I can do in you and through you. In fact, I want to share a story of two people that attend Newbreak, Dan and Denise Lamborn, who lived this out. Their generosity, again, it's not just about money. It's about time, talents, and treasures, and testimony as well. And they lived out every single one of them and experienced it as well. So let's check out this video from Dan and Denise. It was a uh, journey for me, really. I uh, started out before we got married, uh, and I didn't really see where money went. And then it slowly became part of my DNA where I saw what God was doing, both in the church uh, and on missions trips especially. I saw lives change, and I said, this, this matters what we do. Yeah, it wasn't a part of my DNA at all growing up. I didn't grow up in a home that went to church or gave of their time or money. And um, it really wasn't until Dan and I started dating that um, I started seeing the value of giving my money. And it was not something that was easy. Um, the idea of tithing was a little bit hard. And um, I didn't make a lot of money. And it was really hard for me to imagine giving really any of it away and so that was hard but I learned to see the value in it. Well for me generosity uh, along with being a journey I, I saw the impact of being generous uh, on other people uh, and from other people. I, I saw how people's lives changed and I was excited to be part of a body uh, where they just didn't talk about money, but talked about uh, how lives were going to be changed and then would show you what's going on, how lives were changed, how people either locally, the ministries going on locally or globally, how lives were actually being saved uh, through our generosity. And it was exciting. Yeah, and generosity, um, we were actually on the receiving end of generosity. And um, back in... 2007, our house burned down, and um, Newbreak was there. Um, they helped us from, uh, the, really, before we even found out um, that our house was gone, uh, a Newbreak family, a couple, um, brought us into their home. Uh, they have no children and no pets, and they brought in a family of five with two dogs, one being a puppy. Um, and the church was just there for us. They helped us all along the journey. And so we have benefited from um, the generosity of other people. Well, God's amazing how he works things uh, through. And uh, recently, I, well, not recently, about a year ago, I was talking to a colleague of mine who needed a kidney. And so I tested for him uh, and was not a match. And I, I was disappointed. I thought God was actually leading me in that direction. Uh, and after I found not to be a match, I stayed in the system, but I was talking to a friend, a missionary friend uh, of ours, Simon Gounder, and we were just talking about each other's families. And he talked about how his wife had been on dialysis for years now. 
I said, Simon, I, I tested to be a kidney donor and I would be honored to be tested for, for your wife, Angie. And again, God, how he worked this out is just amazing. Went through other testing, I was a match for Angie. And so uh, three weeks ago, we went into the, the hospital and did the transplant. And I remember even now the next morning, she was uh, uh, drinking some uh, cocoa milk that she hadn't been able to drink for Coconut years. water. Coconut water. <laughs> she hadn't been able to drink for years and she grew up in Fiji on this coconut water and she had a big smile on her face. She, did, she was done with dialysis and her life was changed. It was an inconvenience for me, but for her it was life changing. And I was- Life giving, really. Yeah. And I was just uh, honored to be part of God's handiwork in that process. small inconvenience for me, life-changing for her. We're in the business of in the business that God's in, changing lives. So in a moment, we're gonna spend some time in worship, and maybe this is a moment for you to pray. It's a moment for all of us to give and follow what God is leading and speaking on our hearts. I wanna see lives changed, and I know all of us can be a part of it. I shared last week that worship is the opportunity in which we stop our preoccupation with ourselves. So whatever you may be thinking about, let's think about the lives that can be changed because our DNA, since the first time I heard about New Break, about a decade ago, I heard it was about discipleship, community, and generosity. And I was like, that's a church I wanna be a part of. And then I met Mike Quinn. And if you know how that conversation went, I was like, oh, I gotta be here, man. And from the moment I became pastoring here about seven years ago, it's been what we've been about, discipleship, community, and generosity. I want you to join us. So we look back at 2022 and look forward to 2023. My prayer is we would all say I'm a part of that. So as the service come forward, we're going to give and we're going to worship. Online, you can give at newbreak.church give. Let this be an opportunity for us to partner with what God is doing. Let us be joyous as we partner with God. So God, we give to you our time, our talents, our treasures, our testimony. It all belongs to you anyways. So God, we surrender. You know, we pray. Amen.